This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Urkel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It's my honor to bring Janine Williams on the podcast. Janine is the wife of Travis Williams, defensive coordinator for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Thank you so much for being a part of us today. Yay, I'm happy to be here. I am honored to have you on. Now, Coach took over the defense this past year. You've had coaching stops at uh, Auburn, Central Florida, to name a few. He was a two-time all-conference linebacker in the SEC. Not everyone can translate uh, being successful on the field to driving that success from others, teaching that. So what do you think makes Travis Williams special? Oh, lots of things. (laughs) Um, I just, I mean, he's my favorite person in the world, right? I just, I admire him. I think he is genuine. He is the same at home. He's the same with his family. He's the same with his friends. He's the same on the field. He has high energy. Um, And I think it was an ease for him just to be himself there as a player and then be himself as a coach. And he's just such a motivational, inspirational type talker. I mean, we laugh all the time because I spent weeks trying to teach my kids like how to ride bikes and um how to tie their shoes and he would come in from practice and spend five minutes <laughs> oh my goodness. he's like hey you got this you know do the loop thing and they get it or hey just go ahead ride you got this pedal your feet and I'm like I've been working on this for weeks but it's just his nature to coach and inspire and teach in a way where it seems fun and people want to do it so he's good at that that's a rare talent okay think back where did you grow up and did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife uh no no we were I wouldn't say we were a sports family my brother played sports I have an older brother and a younger sister so I'm probably that crazy middle kid yeah I'm a- <laughs> But Birmingham, Alabama, that's where I grew up. And it was one of those things where he did a lot of sports. My parents supported everything we did. Um, I did cheer. My sister did cheer. I did a little bit of track. But it wasn't, we didn't expand to the whole world of 
um, college football and even NFL. So we didn't really cheer for a team or anything like that. We just supported each other. So I kind of took that into coaches wiping, but I didn't imagine the whole world of it. It, it. I would have never imagined. I could see Travis coaching, but I didn't realize it was a family decision. You know, I thought it was maybe just a job, like they say, but it is not. It's a whole family decision and mission type thing. So I could not have predicted, but I do feel... I feel equipped for it. I felt like being in the family where we supported each other so much, they went to all the practices and games and we wore the t-shirts and, you know, the colors and all this crazy stuff. I feel, I felt prepared. I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. And it's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's, a whole thing. <laughs> it's not a nine to five at all, which is fine, but it's just not what it is. And so I felt like, all right, I get to be myself in it, not knowing that that's what God was preparing me for. And you grew up in a state that loves football, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and you choose Auburn to yes. go to school. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> how did you meet Travis Williams? Because obviously he played football at Auburn. Yeah, so he's a year ahead of me. I get to Auburn. And the first thing like they prep you with at, um, they have like Camp War Eagle, like a introductory thing. And um, the ladies there, some of the older classmen said, well, listen, the only thing you don't want to do is date a football player. And I'm like, check, I can do that. I don't, they're loud, they're crazy. There's no way. My second day there, I have like one friend, right? Like I'm sitting with this one friend, I don't know anybody. And he and two other football players walk up and you can smell them a mile away. You're like, all right, these are football players. Stay firm, Janine. <laughs> like, you cannot date a football player. You have to make it through day two. And he comes over and he was so confident. He's hilarious. He was so confident. And um, I was just not having it. <laughs> I was like, no, you know, there's no playful stuff going on. Just shoe and he said well can I just get your number you don't know anyone all right so I give him my number but I left out one number and he <laughs> I mean you know he saw me in the hallways and he's like I called you several times and something's wrong with your number and I was like oh really you know and he heckled me and he made jokes and the other football players started laughing so we became friends from the sheer fact of me not giving him my full number. And it took a little while, eventually I did. He thought, my brother went to Auburn too, and he was still there when I got there. So he thought my brother, cause my brother was so kind and sweet. He's just a great guy. He would walk me to classes. He would, you know, eat lunch with me. He thought my brother was my boyfriend. Oh. And I'm like, you don't see the resemblance. <laughs> So he's like, you, you know, you have a boyfriend, I understand, but I want us to be friends. Can I have your real number? And I'm like, I don't know anyone here. Like, but okay. So we started talking and we like to say like, we've been friends from the beginning. Like we were friends and we got married. We just continued to hang out. He wanted to try to date. And I was like, I don't think so. I said, but you can take me to church. 
So that was our thing. He would borrow a car <laughs> and pick me and my roommate up and take us to church on Sundays. And we'd go out to dinner after. And um, that was like our date for maybe a year or so. Wow. And eventually he was like, look, my birthday's coming up. I want to take you to the movies. Like, can I please just take you out? And I'm like, all right. So we had our first date at the movies <laughs> for his birthday. And we just, I mean, I mean, I still feel like we're kind of just hanging out. <laughs> wow. I love it. You definitely played hard to get. It was a no. <laughs> it was a no. For sure. Was, Only because you'd made the promise to yourself, but yeah. you definitely were intrigued, right? Yes. I mean, he was so confident and he's hilarious and he was very, um, or he still is, but he was so different in the way of, he didn't want to like immediately date me. He wanted to get to know me. So he'd call and tell me a joke and like, I just want to see if that was funny to you because that cracked me up. And I'm like, yeah. And I mean, we'd hang up after two minutes. Then an hour later, he called me back and say, are you watching this show? So I was like, this guy is different. <laughs> and I didn't really think to be attracted to him, but I had a friend who was like, you know, he really likes you and he's pretty cute. I said, really, you think so? And the more my friends told me he was cute, I started to believe it. Now, you know, I just think he's the most handsome thing in the world. He's the only guy for me, but it was it was interesting and he was persistent and that's why i always say he's the same person so he's yes. the way he was then is who he is now like he's like oh i want this i'm gonna get it yeah, <laughs> yeah. a good recruiter i can tell listen i was his first five star i tried to <laughs> i couldn't love it more okay so now years later you have three kids true rain and brave i love their names by the way very good on naming children. Okay. So, you know, we talk about not every day is the fun day that we're talking all the fun memories and, and looking back and all the wins. And of course you're there to experience him having a lot of success, all conference player, you know, you see the nods coming in, but there are days when it's tough. So if you reflect back over the past 10, 11 years, when you look back, what's some of the toughest adversity you faced as a couple and what did you rely on to get through those moments? Um, I would say some of the toughest times, and you can relate, I'm sure, but it's that time in, after the season where you're not sure where you're going to be. Yeah. You're not sure if you're going to stay, if you're gonna, and you're looking at your kids like everything's a what if, everything's a maybe in my mind as the person who orchestrates everything and tries to organize and plan because you really can't, but I think that was hard on us, especially the first few years and him feeling like, I'm not sure how the next step will look. Yeah. And that taking a toll on him probably mentally and emotionally as a provider of our house. And then me trying to support, but at the same time, I want to know as well, cause I'm the planner and the organizer. Yes. <laughs> we had to figure out how to keep our peace, mm. how to be, consistent even when everything else is all over the place and for us that came with prayer and trusting God and um really just connecting as a family and having that like even if attitude okay 
So even if we get fired, even if we get promoted, even, even if this is who we are, this is our plan going forward for this year. And so we make goals and plans and um, set a vision for our next step with an even if football did this type attitude. And it helped us to just settle. It mm -hmm. helped us to be um, just grounded, right? And just to have that firm foundation that sometimes this career does not give you. Yeah. So that that helped. And we're, we, it's still tough yeah, it <laughs> at the time. Yeah, it can be. And I think, honestly, I love that. Even if, like, I'm writing this down. I'm taking notes. If someone's watching this, I like that. I'm using, can we use this? Even yeah. if. <laughs> um, that's strong there because that talks about it doesn't matter if it's up here. It doesn't matter if it's down here. You know, God is our source, right? And so just surviving the, it feels, it feels like you're a buoy in the ocean <laughs> trying to stay afloat right but you got to be grounded and i think that's the hardest part because everything is so inconsistent in this and i and for me sometimes i feel like it's getting a little bit harder year to year i don't know if social media some part of it has changed a little bit i, I know that i'm sure i could have an even more seasoned wife than ourselves on here and i'm like oh no it's always been hard i'm, I'm sure it's always been hard but i feel like social media sometimes has put up even tougher spin on it than even it used to have. Yeah, I yeah. agree. What's one thing you're glad that you made a priority in your life? Um, I would say, of course, my faith. I mean, it's just like it gives me purpose and identity, and um, it's like a roadmap to parenting and yeah. wifing and. It's, it just keeps me from going like we talked about to and fro. So I'm glad that that was a priority in our house. Initially, it was just something said. But I think for us also, just doing this together. And I know it's different every family, and I get that. But what works for us, for the five of us, was to be able to do this as a unit it's not just his job. We Even the girls, they're young, but they know that this is our mission field. And um, this is our ministry as a family. So when we buy a house, it's so sweet. They're like, okay, where would the boys go? Mm. And okay, well, if they were here, it's hard to get to the kitchen and you know they like to eat. So they've even bought into the truth of this is what we feel like God has called us to do and be, not just do, but to be. Um, so I feel like that's helped us. And it's helped us transition when we've had to. It's helped us transition, the girls transition and me as well, knowing that we're as long as we're together and we're like, you know, this machine, every part is moving in the same direction, then it makes it a lot easier and more comforting. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it, it can get lonely if you don't. Without question. Um, this is kind of a question that nobody likes to answer. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to make you answer it. You have to brag on yourself just a little bit. So, I mean, you got to think about it. He's a defensive coordinator in the SEC. Okay, pretty good. Pretty good stuff there. You're the backbone, all right? So what are a couple of practical things you've done that may 
have played a part in where he is today? It's funny because he says that all the time. He's like, I mean, Janine is, she runs it. And I'm like, does she? <laughs> yeah, we here. Um, a few things I think is making our relationship a priority, like our marriage. Because um, if we're good, I feel like he works well, the kids are fine. I mean, the house is probably going to be a mess. That's just like, <laughs> that's don't, don't move the camera to the left or the right over here. <laughs> I don't know. It's got, we've got like Dallas cowboy helmet because that's like my son's. I mean, you're saying, I mean, you got a little mess off to the uh, right? Yeah. yeah you, you would lose me. It'd be like, where's Waldo? <laughs> it's, it's nuts. But you let that go, which we try to stay. I think. My natural personality, my God-given personality, thank you, Lord, <laughs> is to be in the middle, like not too crazy high, not too crazy low. I was reading this book and it was saying like, if you're like super excited, you're 10. And if you're just like super down, you're zero. So we function best when we're like at a five or six. And so in my mind, I'm like, keep it here. Nothing is too awful. Nothing is just too great that it will get you off of who we are. And so I try to keep our family here. I'm very, like the girls know, I don't yell a lot and, you know, I'm stern, but I'm, I'm just not like a truly like take it to the top or get really low type person. I try to keep it cool. <laughs> try to keep it cool for us. So even when he's super excited, cause he's super passionate, I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. What well, we got next week, you know? <laughs> we, yeah. we got next week, sir. Um, I think that that helps me so that I don't get so anxious and um, worried about what I can't control. That's and true. it helps like my kids and my husband know that they have a, a stable place to land as well. Like I'm never gonna jump over to one side or the other. I'm going to do my best to kind of be consistent for them. What would you say to somebody like myself, who is probably more like the opposite of your personality, <laughs> really emotional at times? Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you do that? You said it's a natural thing, but I feel like it's something you are intentional about being yeah. consistent because it's easy to let your emotions kind of slide a little bit right yeah you want to feel like well we're losing you're oh my god i mean you know <laughs> how do you bring it back help us out for those of us that are, oh my are not god. as naturally good at this i don't know i think and i do feel i feel the emotions for sure like <sighs> when we're winning and <sighs> when we're losing and yeah. i mean third downs are the hardest thing I don't know who created them, but <laughs> it's just the moment of it is just so tough on defense and off. It doesn't matter. I know. But um, I would say I try to, I mean, last week I just had to take a walk and they were like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm take a walk. Like I'm getting too into this. I have to remember why we're here and the purpose and that victory doesn't always equal winning the, winning the game. So I always pray over him that you're victorious. I speak that over him. I speak it over the team, players, everything like that. And 
So I have to remind myself that being victorious doesn't always equal winning this one game. And once I say it to myself enough, even within the moment, it helps me. It helps me remember that, okay, there's something bigger going on. There's so many other lives involved. These kids and coaches have things going on that no one else would ever even think of. And we're so focused on one down or, you know, seven points or whatever. So it does help me. And I'm, I have practiced. It's just like you create a habit the more you practice. I have practiced telling myself during that moment, like, Janine, there's victory all around you. You just got to find it, even though I would like to see it on the scoreboard as well. <laughs> that is true, right? Because you feel so judged by those numbers, the box score and all that. Ultimately, yeah. though, you know, I'm sure you believe that is not the ultimate answer. It is for some temporary things, right? But yeah. uh, for the bigger picture, uh, it's not everything that matters. Okay, so you have moved quite a bit. Um, let's talk, you moved to Orlando from Auburn, right? Yeah. And then from Orlando to Fayetteville. Okay. <laughs> so when do you typically move in the school year? Do you have moving trips? All the things. Our first move, and I, I mean, I'm like a baby in moving compared to some wives who have moved a whole, whole bunch. Um, but our first year moving, I was homeschooling. I'm a teacher like by education. And so I was homeschooling and it was pretty simple to say, when dad leaves, we're gonna find a house. And as soon as the house is ready, we're gonna leave. Cause for us, like I said, we work better together. Right. Um, physically and just on the same page. And then this move was a little bit different cause the girls were in school my reign she went from she was in a public school my other two were accepted in a private school and then in october the private school accepted her so she you know went to that school well now here it is december mm. <laughs> and she's like i'm good mom whatever we do i'm good so we ended up moving the end of february yeah as soon as i found a house and it was ready again we just went ahead and moved and because Thank God that I have that teaching background. Mm -hmm. um, instead of putting them in another school for a couple of months, we just did virtual and homeschool again from February to May. So they got to see the area. They got yeah. to get comfortable in their new home. Um, they had that stable foundation of family around all the time. Because sometimes, you know, school, you go there, you don't know anyone. It's just a lot going on. So they got that foundation the first few months and it really worked out. Um, I thought I wanted to try to put them in school to get to meet some kids, but it just really worked out that they got to a confident place in where we are. And then in August, they were able to go to school. So we, for the most part so far, you know, things can change, but we usually try to move pretty soon. Cause we just, as a family, we just work better when we're in the same place. I get that for sure. There's a lot of, uh, that try to move that spring break time period mm -hmm. or if, you know, depending on when you get your house and things like that. But yeah, sometimes it's easier just to go ahead and if you can, not everybody can, their situation is different, but I, it's worked well for us as well. 
how do you get connected? I mean, yours might be old. You don't need a well sitter for them, or they're able to babysit each other. But um, you know, how do you get connected in a new community? What's been successful for you? I think it's I think it's one of the toughest things to be honest for coaches wise and moving. Um, even talking to otherwise, I think it's one of the toughest things to do is to, um, what I've tried to do is to, there's a difference between owning something and possessing it. So, um, there's this whole thing in Deuteronomy in the Bible, and he tells those Israelites possess the land and they, it was theirs. God had given it to them. They owned it but they had to possess it. So I try to be in the place. I try to possess the land that I'm in and I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'm not super good at it yet, but meeting the neighbors, taking advice from other coaches' wives, asking questions, inviting people over. I mean, I had people over, there were still boxes in the living room, but inviting people over, um, making that extra effort, um, just to get to know people. And that's how you can get connected with sitters. And I mean, the two main things, I have three girls, right? And then me too, a sitter and a hairstylist. <laughs> Much needed. I'm just like, if I get those two, you, I know. you smile all day, every day. How many times have you ever gone back to your old stylist for just a little bit and driven a little further than you would have been? I've like roughed it for a while. And then when I can get back, I mean, I went back all the way back to our stylist in Auburn this summer and I called her and she just cleared out like three days and she did all, th all four of our hair. <laughs> and I was just so grateful because then I don't have to worry about it going into a new season. But right. yeah, it's, it's a tough thing and you just got to feel adventurous mm -hmm. and just try it out and know that, you know, there won't be one person that does it right every time the first time. My girls have had great sitters okay. um, in Auburn and in Orlando. And so here it's like, all right, God, I trust you to do it again. And we've had some where, you know, beautiful young ladies and it just didn't work out. And that's okay too. I think being okay, being flexible, like I said, not getting too anxious about things not working out because a lot of times if we would just wait, like, oh my gosh, patience is like yes, a potty word to me, but <laughs> just wait. <laughs> then a lot of times things will work out. So I try to be patient with myself and my girls and even the environment that we're in. Just be patient and a lot of times things will shake out as long as you are inserting yourself into that environment and it's just, like i said before it's so easy to isolate and just take care of home but then it's really not easy it makes it a little bit harder yeah yeah how much do you feel like your family's in the spotlight a little bit being where you are at a position defensive coordinator in the sec do you feel that what would you hope people would know that coaching families go through oh my gosh I think it's hard to, as a fan, sometimes it's hard to see past what's happening on the field. Um, and while this is our livelihood, again, this is our purpose too. So we're really sensitive about it. So um, I don't know, I would just encourage people to see 
the family aspect behind those coaches. A lot of times you will hear or read and I try not to, you know, let him go and switch him out with this person. And it's like, okay, it may be a simple switch in your mind, but it is not. It is not. And it is heartbreaking for some of us when we have to adjust and it wasn't something that we did. And it's heartbreaking sometimes when other people leave and you're like, no, you know, those were my people. <laughs> they don't move away from the staff. But you said it like it's a small world. And I love the fact that in coaching, things kind of come back around and you end up with people that you were with or you end up knowing someone who knows someone. And I just think there's beauty in that for sure. But I think just seeing past just the players on the field to the coaches, to their families and try to just be kind. Yeah. Be, kind. be kind. Definitely. Okay. You have a mentor in your life and a coach's oh wife. It seems like you are probably a mentor to a few young lives. <laughs> I, I would hope so. I would try, but, um, I think I'm going to be, I've never met you before until now, until we hopped on the stream yard here on this podcast, but I'm going to be calling you. Oh, girl, <laughs> please do, because I probably need you even more than you think. I, um, I mean, we spent a lot of years under um, Christy and Gus Malzahn, and Christy became a very dear friend. She's just a genuine person, um, and she's honest. <laughs> you need someone who's going to shoot it to you straight. She has told me, hey, that's not right, or you need to get it together, or that's wrong more times than some of my closest friends. Um, but I need that, especially here. And there's a lot of things that you don't know. And like you were saying, things are changing so fast. Yeah. You need to be able to talk to someone. So she's someone that I speak with, but it's so good because People have done this even longer than me. I still almost feel like a baby in it just because I still don't know everything. Right. I don't know all the rules and I don't know all the names of what happens when and all that. And I still feel like I'm learning a lot. So I try to glean wherever I can because there's just so much knowledge out there. And I respect everyone who has done this for one year or for 30. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what do you like to do with the wives on your staff? Anything that you ladies like to do at Arkansas or Central Florida or Auburn? I always like going to the away games. Me too. Fun. I mean, you kind of get to, and a lot of times I don't take the kids. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I get to kind of let my hair down and hang out with people who get it hang out with people who <laughs> their husbands won't be calling them to tell them, Hey, honey, I'm home. It's, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all have like a commonality there. So I, that's probably one of my favorite things is getting together, going to an away game, having dinner Friday night, cheering on our people. And um, it's comforting, especially when you're in a different place than home to be in a section with people who are, doing the same thing you're doing and not feeling like, all right, well, I don't know what the other team's going to say or do. So I think we have fun. I, I love getting together. I think it makes me feel like that whole football family thing is real. Yeah, it is real. Do you sit in the stands at home and away games? 
Yes. Do you really? I I mean, if they would ever just give me a headset and just let me stand on the field, that would be great. Wouldn't it though? I mean, I just have a few things to say. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and people sit next to me, they laugh because I'm like, okay, what, wait, watch your gap. Hold on. Hold, okay. Yeah. It's, if you look over there, you'll see. And I'm not even yelling. I really feel like they can hear me. <laughs> now you're being kind, but you have been on the sideline before. You were a cheerleader at Auburn. Um, you've experienced it that crowd all around you and all that that's that's something pretty special yeah very few people senior year so one year and um it was amazing I was on the competition cheerleading squad and we didn't do a whole we didn't do all the football games but we did do some and so I have this poster of the cheerleaders running out and behind are the football players. So Travis and I are in the same poster. I just think that's good to have in the house. Like, you know what? That was us once upon a time. <laughs> but um, I always got in trouble because the cheerleaders faced the crowd and I did not. <laughs> I faced the field and I remember this was forever ago, right? One of our friends, a good friend of Travis's, a linebacker, his last name is Williams, too. So they, you know, say they're brothers. Well, he got an interception and he's running, you know, to get this touchdown. Well, I left, I left the cheerleaders and I started running. <laughs> and I'm like, go, go, go. Oh, I got in so much trouble. <sighs> yeah. I was told to have a seat and think about my actions and remember why I'm here. I mean, but I couldn't help it. So now I get to focus on the game <laughs> like I think I originally should have and would have. But it, it was crazy. It was fun. It's a great memory. I'm glad we got to do it at the same time together and um, doing the whole sports thing and cheering for him actually on the field. And he would come to basketball games and watch me cheer. So he would cheer for me as I cheered for the basketball team. So that was just a fun year, fun time and memory for us, for sure. Oh, wow. That's, I hope you have that picture somewhere in your house. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So how do you approach this uh, with your children? I mean, do, do they cheer? Or are they into it? or They're kind of into it. I think they're into the popcorn, <laughs> the lights and the mascots and the you know cheerleaders they like all that so around mid first quarter my youngest is like is this over yet <laughs> you have to watch the whole game mom and i'm like yeah and i have to watch the whole game so um and the good thing about coaches families getting together like we talked about before is they they have these little friends pockets of friends from other coaches families so on in the stands they kind of focus on having a good time with their buddies. And I can see the game focus on the game a little bit more when they're there. But they like to go. They like to cheer for the boys. You know, they become their brothers in a way. And so um, they like that part. They like seeing them before and after the games. They like, I mean, they love going to practices and having dinner. And so they just like being around that football family and that's that helps with the whole transitioning thing it's like 
all right, I have a new family member. And we keep up with players we've had in the past. And um, we just had one of our players we had in the past get drafted. And I mean, they dressed out. I had my middle, she was running a 40, like trying to beat his time. And they were so excited for him because that's their brother. So then they get new brothers and they love it. And it works out because there's a lot of girls in this house. <laughs> there's a lot of girl stuff going on. So having all the brothers and cheering for them, they love it. Now you're spending a lot of time investing in others. Obviously you're investing in your players and getting your children around them. So those forge those relationships as well. But you talked about earlier, making sure that the two of you were priority. So how do you make that happen during the crazy busy season of football there in the SEC? How do you stay connected? I think, well, you kind of get, they usually get an evening in the week. And so, I mean, I'm sure he would rather sleep or something, but he's so good at saying, okay, let's do something together or let's just eat a meal together. How about that? <laughs> but um, we have tried to make a priority, especially this year. This is like our new married initiative is to have some type of date night. It doesn't have to be out of the house, but to do something just he and I. And um, <clears throat> it's been really good. It's been really fun. You're constantly getting to know each other. I'm constantly getting to kind of get a, a range on what he's going through that week and what he's preparing for. And he gets the updates, you know, the rapid fire updates of this is what happened all week. This is what you missed. And um, so it's been really, it's been really hard, but we just try to be intentional about our time. There are times where we put the kids to bed early and we just, you know, hang out. Yeah. And we just talk or we play games or we scroll on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at memes together. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. As long as you're together. Okay. So for you, do you get any downtime? What do you enjoy doing? Um... I, I like to be outside. I like to walk, jog. I like to do anything outside um, because I haven't taught in, um, how old is she? Seven years. I haven't taught in about six and a half, seven years. I like getting in the classroom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to go back to all the testing and the, but yeah. I like being around those kids. So I'll volunteer at the kids' schools and um spend time there and they love it and i really i really enjoy it i love the littles you know they're they're hilarious i think they teach me more than i teach them very precious okay final question for you before the rapid fire give me your top two to three favorite coaches wife memories oh my god and i don't know this is tough because i'll say in general I love the feeling of after a game, win or lose, I love the feeling of getting to him. Like after I feel like he's expended so much energy, given like 100% of himself, it's just like that embrace. And he's always happy to see me or me and the girls. He's just always like, all right, it's like he feels home. And I feel that same vibe of, all right, so much has gone on in the last 60 playing minutes, but that embrace is just my favorite part. I love it. I'm just, it makes me feel all warm and happy and everything is okay in the world now. 
Um, so that's kind of like, I mean, that happens every week, hopefully every game they'll make it to. But I remember when, and it was just because this was one of his goals is to be linebackers coach at the college that he went to at Auburn. So I remember when he was an analyst for two years and that second year at the end of it, um, he became the linebackers coach. And so he was telling me, I think it's going to happen. They had him recruiting and doing other things. And um, he's like, I think it's going to happen. And um, I'm like, well, you know, I need to see paperwork. <laughs> you know, all these hopes and dreams and wishing. We did that the last two years. I really want to see it. So he told me, he came home, he told my mom first, and then he told me and he was like, one thing that was said was that, you know, your wife was a part of this. And I felt like, oh my gosh, like knowing me being myself in that environment was a benefit to him. Mm. And that's what I tell younger coaches wise, like you always want to be a benefit to your partner. You want to add something extra, just that extra push for him. And even in his career, if you can, which, you know, but um, so that night we went to his new office and no one's there. It's quiet. It's dark. And there's nothing in the room. No, none of his, his things are in the office yet. But it was just so surreal and serene and being there, knowing that he accomplished this and we worked hard for it. And I prayed for him to have it. And now he does. And. I don't know. It's just the calm. And even now when he gets a new office, I always like to go there at night. I like to go there at night when the lights are off and they're probably cleaning up or something. And it's just quiet. And I like to go there before it gets crazy, before all the stuff gets in and I'm decorating the room and he's working. And it's just like, thank God for this just the emptiness of it and the greatness of just what he gave us. Right. So that's probably the first time we got to do that. But the first time he got his own office at Auburn, setting that goal and reaching it and just being in that empty hollow office, just us. I, I don't know. It just made me feel like this is real and this is what we're supposed to do. You have me crying. I <laughs> Love this story. Thank you so much. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> I never do blank at a football game. Um, I never do the same thing. I oh. try to rebel against superstition. Yeah, and I think that's kind of odd in this world. It's like, if you do everything the same, then you might get the same results. And I just try to rebel against that. I'm like, it'll all work out. So it doesn't matter if I wear those shoes or if I kiss him twice or I just try to switch it up. It drives him nuts. Football game, dress up or dress down? I like to dress up now. Yes, I do. I feel like I'm supporting my guys. I'm supporting, you know, these players, my kids and it's an event. You it know, like event. I need to represent them well, even in the stands. So I try to dress up a little bit and it's fun. I mean, I'm in sweats and tights and t-shirts all week. So. <laughs> Same, right? You know, you only get to dress up a few times, but <laughs> it's important in your life, isn't it? Okay. Favorite college football atmosphere 
outside of Fayetteville. So you can't say Fayetteville. This was a hard one for me. This is a hard one. I love Auburn because I went there, right? And it's just the most fun place. Um, I also like Tulane. Oh, I do. It's a small, a lot of people, you know, this, the stadium's a little bit smaller. It's kind of out of the way. They have the best food. They do have some good you food. You cannot get jambalaya and shrimp po' boys in many other stadiums. I agree. <laughs> I'm there I to agree. I wouldn't have picked that. I mean, I would have remembered, but you're right. It's a good selection there. Okay. My claim to fame. Um, And I think because we were with the Malzahn so much and Christy's the head coach's wife and she, it would drive her nuts. I was always the one right on time. I was never a minute early. I was never a minute late, but I was always the one getting on the bus right as it was time to pull off and it drove everybody nuts. They were like, she's not going to make it this time. She is not going to make it. And right as the clock strikes, here I am. I mean, there were times, I think one time I forgot my headphones in the hotel. And um, <laughs> I had on heels. And they're like, Janine, there's no way you can go through the hotel, up 10 flights, find your headphones, and then get back. And I'm like, I got to. I got to. I, I forgot them last week. And now I have to get, I can't get a new pair again. <laughs> I think I had like six minutes and I ran, I busted it. And I mean, I got on the bus and of course I'm a sweaty hot mess now. And it's like, she made it, you know, the athletic director's clapping. He's like, I just didn't think you were going to make it. But yeah, my timing. Oh my That's hysterical. That's absolutely hysterical. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Ooh. I'm old school. I like those old mystery shows. I like Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> I like Monk. I like, um, yeah. Lately though, just because I need a little zen, this is odd. There's a channel where they only do Bob Ross paintings. Really? So I sit alone, kids are in bed. If I, if it's, you know, my cheat day, I get a little ice cream mm -hmm. and I just flip on Bob Ross and it's the most calming thing. <laughs> What's your flavor of ice cream? This is not on the sheet. I'm going rogue here. I know. I love vanilla. Vanilla bean. Give it to me. I'm fine. Are I you a bluebell? Bluebell? Briars? Briars. 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 And sometimes we make it, you know, you just got to oh, shake it up with a little rock salt and you make your own. Wow. Very good. You'll have to make it for me when I come. Listen, it's a hard workout, but it's fun. You, what's your go-to meal to cook? Seafood. We talked about this. I was originally born in New Orleans, and I could eat seafood every day, all day. So salmon, crab, lobster, all the things, seafood, all seafood. kinds of seafood, I would do it. Okay. What would be your walk-up song? In life, what would be your walk-up song? This is so hard. Uh -huh. This is hard. Um, I like All the Above by Mayno. Um, I like All I Do Is Win. That's like hype up thing. Yeah, 
I think I think one of those. Pretty fun stuff. It has been a joy to get to know you. I will see you in person November 18th when FIU takes on Arkansas. Yes, it's going to be a good time. I cannot wait to meet you in person, and it's just going to be all fun and feels. It's going to be great. Very good. Thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.